Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks and I'm joined by the Clive Tildesley to my Sam Matterface. It's just Impeach. Oh, that makes me sad. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't start with that. Oh, I've only just got over that this week. I feel sorry for old Clive. The video that he put on Twitter. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. I'm, I'm going to miss him on him, ITV, but I imagine he'll probably be but, on Talk Sports soon. I mean, selfishly... He's, he he should get a big offer from somewhere. We might we might hear more of him. He'll be on Talksport soon, I imagine. Anyway, Justin, how are you? I'm I'm really good. I'm I'm very excited to talk about the football because it feels like a lot has happened over the last oh, sort of forty eight hours. It's weird to think the season, well, the main season is over in mm. a week's time, isn't it? Because we we only have got two games left of the actual uh, season, and then that's it. So everything's going thick and fast, but we are running out of teams involved in things to do we've only got three teams left in the automatic promotion race yeah. three teams left in the uh, playoff race i mean the the relegation battle is still wide open justin so let's start off with that we'll go to wigan eight hall nil oh <laughs> wigan yes. seven nil up at half time if anything sums up how much of a farce huller I think this is it, Justin. I mean, there was an argument for that at the weekend, but this just eclipses everything. It just eclipses everything that's wrong with Hull at the moment. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, do you want to start on Wigan or Hull? Because I can I can go on for hours on both. I think we've got to start off with Hull, really, doesn't it? Because this, this, the scoreline speaks for itself. Hull mm. were shit. Wigan were brilliant. Uh, but Hull, no fire no desire they're on their way to league one and i say that even though they're still level on points with luton and wigan but they're playing so badly that i just can't see them surviving no they, they were nothing the players were nothing short of a disgrace if i'm not usually to want to say anything really harsh um but yeah nothing short of a disgrace they're awful the defending was abhorrent the first three goals was just a joke. I thought the defending Luton put out um, against Reading a few weeks back was terrible, but this just was unbelievable. Um, there's there's no excuses. There's nowhere to hide. Um, the club has got to front this up. You know, at what point do they, you know, do the Alums stay quiet? For example, they've got no assets at the club. They're surely going down. Yeah. And it goes back to what we were saying about Wigan's ownership the other day. You've got to wonder why on earth the Alums are still being allowed to have control of Hull when they're just surely just dragging them down to League One. I mean, it's no. I don't think. I mean, it's bad, but it's not as bad as possible 
alleged um, yeah, wrongdoings. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean they're still there. They're still putting money into the club. Oblique, you know, they're they're not interested as uh, as they should be. But I mean, I, I said it all at the weekend. McCann's not adjusted this team to no. losing his best players, but he has had the rug pulled from under his feet. But he hasn't changed things up. Um, yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? We you can point fingers at the Allens, but McCann. He's, he's clearly not adapted to the squad that he's been given and it's costing them at the end of the day. The thing is, in this game, Wigan were clinical. You've got yeah. to say that because I think they mm-hmm. only had, in the first half, even though they were seven and up, they only had eight shots on target, I think. I say only eight. But <laughs> they took the chances and I didn't think George Long, the whole goalkeeper, I don't think he was really at fault for any of the goals particularly. But the fact that Wigan are getting it in those spaces to have those chances shows how terrible their defending was and how much effort the whole players were putting in because as you say it was disgraceful they just looked like they would rather be elsewhere really yeah no you're not wrong at all and yeah. Wigan aren't an attacking side they've been on a very good run of form and quite rightly have been the second best team since football restarted but they're not five six nil winning side not like Brentford for example they don't attack with swagger um, this this is just ridiculous. I've never known anything like this. Um, yeah. Well, let's talk about Wigan in a sec. I'll just finish off on Hall with the fact that if there is any solace for Hall in the next week or so, it's that they've got Luton at the weekend, which is a chance to redeem themselves against a massive relegation rival. However, you've got to say, whoever loses that game is pretty much down. So, yeah. Not much at stake, really. Uh, obviously, the boss, this was a brilliant performance from Wigan. Every single player had a blinder, really. And mm-hmm. the, the thing I keep seeing on social media, Justin, is everyone praising the amount of heart these players have shown. And it's completely deserved, that praise, because despite everything that's going on behind the scenes, they've not let it affect their performances on the pitch, have they? And they've responded better to a points deduction than any side I can oh, ever yes. remember, I think. I mean, compare Wigan and Hall... They're both, you know, different circumstances, but the same in the same position. I.e., you know, Wigan have been put into administration, but they're showing a lot more heart and desire than than Hull are in terms of getting away from the relegation zone. It's like Wigan pulled away from the 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 relegation zone, and they were forced back into it, and now they're pulling away again. Um, they've done it twice. Hull haven't done it once yet. Um, and that's credit to Paul Cook. Um, uh, they, you know they, they were magnificent. They, I think they recorded the biggest home win in the championship since 1987, um, Fair play. which which is a pretty decent, you know, feat. Yeah, it's con- not bad considering, that really, is it? Yeah, considering it's you know we as I said we aren't the most attacking side, um, but as I said, full credit to Paul Cook because he's turned this side around. There, there seems to be a real togetherness, doesn't there? And I know that's a cliche, but with everything that's going on, I don't think that can be denied with these players. Uh, looking at the table and with the points deduction, Wigan would still be outside the relegation places, albeit on the same number of points as Luton and Hull. Uh, we must emphasise, despite this, Wigan obviously aren't safe yet. Mm-hmm. But who have they got this weekend? Charlton! So mm-hmm. a win there, and they'd leapfrog above them. Um, but if they don't, then you've got to remember Luton and Hull are playing each other. So a win for either of those two and 
Wigan don't win, then they're in all sorts of trouble still. So, especially because they've got Fulham on the last day. So it's still all to play for, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, well, speaking of Luton, and they drew one all with QPR. Uh, Luton will feel this was a massive opportunity to get an important three points. They were ahead and had the better chances. And a win would have also taken them out of the projected bottom three. That includes Wigan. Um, but when you consider Luton's form as well compared to QPR, this isn't the result the Hatters would have wanted, is it? No, no, definitely not. And similar to the Wigan side, the Luton players have shown a lot of desire to to pull themselves away, especially since the restart. Um, but they just haven't quite got the quality to turn a 1-0 into a 2-0. Um, I don't think they have created enough chances and defending at times hasn't been as good as the sides around them, such as Charlton. Um, but nevertheless, they're still, they're still in it. Um, you know, if they show the same heart and desire they have been over the last few weeks and a result against Hull is favourable towards Luton. Yeah. It's worth mentioning Luton had a goal ruled out. That seemed mm-hmm. incredibly harsh. Um, Another point to mention, there was also some classic comedy goalkeeping from Simon Sluger again, which nearly cost a point. In fairness, he has played a lot better recently, but it's good to see him. nominated for Player of the Month. Yeah, I know. So it's good to see him have a callback to the good old days. Uh, All eyes now towards that game against Hull at the weekend, where, as mentioned, whoever loses, you've got to say, he's pretty much down. Uh, QPR, again, not a great performance from them. Lucky to get a point, really. Brighter says Samuel with a great assist, though. For mm. oh, QPR yeah. goal, he is absolutely rapid, isn't he? he really no, he's, he's quick. His ability on the ball to beat defenders is great. I mentioned it a while ago on the podcast um, how he made Rico Henry at Brentford look like a chum. He was all over him, um, didn't give him a, 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 the time of day. And I think Rico Henry it's almost a right of passage for fullbacks to get booked after persistent fouling of the winger, um, which which that happened. He's got the ability to make left backs look rubbish um or, or, or right back on this occasion obviously there's the assist as the assist was um it's just a shame that him i mean there, there might be an over-reliance on players like him in the qpr side with the hugel injury but they just haven't turned it on since the restart no they could do with him being a bit more consistent next season well that's if he's still at qpr because i know he's been linked with a move away uh, wherever he's playing he will be he looks like he's someone who's just getting better and better. Mm. Uh, that side that is hovering above the relegation zone is Charlton, Justin. They also missed the opportunity to grab a vital three points after conceding a 93rd-minute <clears throat> goal to draw one all against Birmingham. And you wonder how important in the grand scheme of things in Charlton's season, how important that goal could be because they'd have been four points clear of the relegation zone with a win but now they could get dragged into the bottom three if they lose to Wigan at the weekend so it's nervy times ahead for Lee Bowyer's boys definitely and Bowyer was both gutted and fuming in his post-match presser um, he, he really was and he, he's shown that emotion quite a couple of times this season where Charlton have given away late goals needlessly it's been a factor for them all season and that is probably one of the most frustrating things about this side. Um, but, I, you know, they, they've, they've clearly lacked a goal scorer. You know, the, the absence of Taylor has been felt since the, since the restart. Um, and I think that, you know, with, you know, it's hindsight, but with someone like Taylor, they'd have been, they'd have been away. You know, there's a lot of chances, um, again, that fell to Bonnie. I think he missed again from five or six yards out. I know it was, with the keeper bearing down in him, but still, you know, a good striker will put those chances away. And 
no discredit to Macaulay Bonnie, he's come from non-league, he's, he's, he's still developing and getting used to the league, but that's the difference in, that or That could be the difference in staying up and going down. Yeah, and Macaulay Bond was brilliant earlier in the season, Monty, when mm-hmm. Lyle Taylor was first injured, and Bond really stood up and uh, made himself countered, but they have missed someone to put the ball in the back of the net recently, and it's led to them only getting two points from a possible 15 and that's really what has led them to the position that they're in. And it's worth pointing out how important that game against Wigan is at the weekend because they've got leads on the last day. So <laughs> you'd imagine if they were to lose to Wigan, then they'd probably be all but down. But we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Birmingham have picked up fewer points than anyone else since the restart, Justin. Um, if they lost this game, they would have gone below Charlton, which really shows how far they've fallen. Uh, they've not turned up at all since the restart, have they? And they have somehow been dragged into a relegation battle. There is still a chance they could go down, albeit it is quite slim, because you're relying on two of the teams on 45 points winning their last games and Birmingham losing the last two. So it's unlikely, but it does ultimately show how far Birmingham have fallen over the last <laughs> few months. No, definitely. And I've said this um, a couple of times over the last couple of weeks that Birmingham City are in a relegation battle. They they were getting sucked into it as, as the weeks passed and, you know, a four-point gap between them and... Um, oh, sorry, if they lost last night, it'd have been a four-point gap between them and 22nd, which is, is I mean, fairly scary given the position they were in. Mm. Um, the players that they have, they've got some they've got some good quality in there. They, they should be performing better. Um and you know, I, I would still be looking over my shoulder. You know, this weekend uh, at the very least, you know, the teams below them have been performing a lot better than they have over the last seven games, apart from Hull. Um, so certainly, there is a bit of squeaky bum time for them. Yeah, or squeaky four. brum time. Squeaky, squeaky brum time. That's the name of this episode. <laughs> Just jot that down. Uh, Huddersfield are still in danger after drawing nil nil with Wednesday. They were unlucky not to get the three points, though. They had some glorious chances in this game. But Danny Cowley's men have got some tricky games coming up. They've got West Brom and Millwall, um, who both have something to play for. Three mm-hmm. points above above the bottom three of Huddersfield, and they're still very much in danger, aren't they? No, definitely. And they've, they've just not quite got the run of form together to, to pull themselves away. Um, they seem a lot more defensive. You know, I was I was passionate about Cowley um, in the previous episode, and I, I fully believe in what he's trying to do. Literally, just trying to get to the end of the season with enough points to stay up, and that's fine. Um, but with West Brom and Millwall coming up, there is a bit of a worry. But they could have a massive say in the promotion and playoff race, which is very exciting. You know, they're going to be going for everything to try and get a result against West Brom and and, and Millwall. Um, so they'll they'll be trying to play the party poop, and I think they might thrive in that sort of mindset. Yeah, the the thing is, from their last two, a point might just be enough because they've got a better goal difference than Hull and Luton, and they've got a three point cushion already. But mm-hmm. they have now failed to score in over six hours of football, mm-hmm. Justin. So yeah. it's still very worrying. Uh, Huddersfield situation Wednesday not a great performance they're another one whose season is officially over now but if 2020 is to go by then they've got a lot of work to do ahead of next Mm -hmm. season Middlesbrough got a massive three points away at Reading winning 2-1 thanks to a late goal from Patrick Roberts they're also on 50 points the same as Birmingham so unless there's an unlikely set of results over the coming week they should be safe now Neil Warnock 
has won more games in 2020 with Middlesbrough Justin than Jonathan Woodgate has. And there's been talk of Steve Gimson wanting him to hang around next season as well. So what do you think? I, I'm i fully on board with Warnock hanging around. Um, Kevin Blackwell's kitchen. Just for the content. Just for the content. And, you know, <laughs> Kevin Blackwell's kitchen, it needs to wait. Um He's finally got Borough playing his way. You know, they they surrendered the ball to Reading. I think Reading made 100 more passes, which has been sort of consistent over the last sort of couple of weeks. They put 22 crosses in the box. Um, the 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 progressive the, the, there's progression there after a pretty dismal defeat against Bristol City. Um, and Patrick Roberts was at the the centre of everything. You know, he, he completed six dribbles, got a goal, and um, an assist for Fletcher. It's he's a, he's a top player and. It's a shame we've not seen more of him, but as I've said, you know, Warnock's getting to play, Warnock's getting bored to play his way and it's, you know, I want more of it. Give me more. Yeah. Even though Warnock is getting on a bit, um, what I, th- I think what I'm trying to say is if he stuck, stuck around for next season, what do you think the aim would be for Middlesbrough? Would it be, obviously it depends on who they bring in, but would it be a case of just staying up again and just kind of securing the championship stability? It's... They they needed a manager like Warnock instead of Woodgate to come in this season to sort of see them through this period of of quite significant change. You know they're not pumping money into the playing staff. Um, they're trying to bring players through, and I think Warnock or an experienced manager like Warnock would have been a better option than someone who had no experience like like Woodgate. You know, and then and then someone like Woodgate coming in this season or the season after to take it up take it on with a lot less pressure you know he can really stamp his his own style of play um that's what they needed they needed a um sort of a a progression manager rather than a complete change and i think warnock gives them that yeah the thing is middlesbrough are one of many clubs aren't they who aren't the most financially secure at the moment so maybe just having someone like warnock who can just kind of steady the ship might be what Middlesbrough are after, really. Uh, Reading were the first championship team to be mathematically guaranteed to be playing in the championship next season, which kind of sums up their season, really, doesn't it? Completely that, unremarkable. Know, no, definitely, but credit to Mark Bowen. I think um, he, he was fifth in the points collected since he's been appointed as Reading manager. Uh, he's, he's probably been the most effective Reading manager managerial appointment since the Apstam. Um, and he'll be hoping to iron out the creases um, going into the new season because there are, there are definitely plenty, but there's, there's potential there. Yeah, Stoke are the final side in the relegation battle. They drew one all with Bristol City, but like Birmingham and Borough, Stoke also on 50 points, which pretty much means one point will all but guarantee safety because their uh, goal difference are much better than the sides below them. Uh, quite remarkable, really, that they have got to this 50-point mark when you consider that they were in the relegation zone for the majority <laughs> of the first half of the season. Yeah. But only one club outside the top six has managed to get more points than Stoke since Michael O'Neill took over, and that's Millwall. I know we've been saying Blackburn could be quite a good side next season, but assuming they stay up, I think Stoke could be as well. No, I agree. I, I think when we did the um, predictions uh, at the start of the season, I, I think I had them just to finish outside the playoffs because the squad was pretty good for a championship standard. Um, but it just didn't work out. And, you know, Michael O'Neill looks like he's starting to get get them going. As you say, the, the points that he's, he's won since he came in as manager, you know, no, only only one manager or one team's won more. Um, and that's credit to him to getting the team to to settle down and that's what they've needed and 
hopefully a bit more of a strategy and a structure in recruitment under O'Neill can see them perform at the top end of the table because since they came down from the Premier League or probably since the year they're in the Premier League it's been a scattergun approach to recruitment and it's 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 harmed them in the long term yeah definitely uh, a beautiful finish from Philip Benkovic for Bristol City in this game he's someone who hmm. was in and out of the side under Lee Johnson Lee Johnson I should say uh, but who since wasn't? he's but since he's been sacked he's played really well has Benkovic and he could be one to keep an eye on for next season depending on where he's at because he is on loan from Leicester at the moment but this result means Bristol City probably aren't going to get in the playoffs now a win would have made it very interesting but alas here we are right that's it for part one in part two we'll move on to the promotion race If you could see us recording, you would notice that Justin and I generally wear a different football shirt almost every week. There's nothing that fuels nostalgia more than an old football shirt. And guess where you can get them? Classicfootballshirts.co.uk Absolutely. I spent plenty of money there and got myself some cracking purchases. Just recently, I started sporting an AZ Outmar training shirt and a Hoffenheim training jumper. So pretty different. Exactly that. And it's not just football shirts. You can get training wear, footballs, boots and match-worn stuff from former pros. There genuinely is something for everyone, no matter which side you support. So find what you're looking for at classicfootballshirts.co.uk or visit them in-store in either London or Manchester. Welcome back to the Second Tier Podcast. Right, let's get into the race for automatic promotion. Justin, it's all very tight up there after West Brom and Fulham played out a 0-0 draw. It's an important result, though, for Slavon Bilic because a loss would have meant they dropped out of the top two. So it was a much-needed result. They might have even felt they could have won it because Grady Dean Garner had a glorious chance. Uh, Nonetheless, it at least means whether West Brom get promoted or not is in their hands. And that's all Slavon Bilic would have asked for after this game, wouldn't it? Definitely, but it's it's been in their hands pretty much all season. Um, they've surrendered big sort of uh, they've surrendered big gaps in points um, on two oh, two occasions now this season. Firstly around Christmas, and now and now currently, you know, to be one point ahead of Brentford after being six or seven points ahead at one point is is not the best. But as you say, it's still in their hands. Um, but I'm 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 still slightly worried for the West, West Brom side. Yeah, well, I was going to ask you, would you be confident of sealing promotion now if you were West Brom? Because they've got Huddersfield and QPR up next, which if you were West Brom and you had to handpick your teams to play <laughs> in the last two, those two probably wouldn't be far off, would they? No, that's a that's a pretty nice running considering. Um, but then again, the the Huddersfield um, game is, is has got a lot of headaches for me. Um, it's that sort of game where you can tell it's nervy. I'm, you're just sort of happy that there's no fans in the ground because you'd be able to feel the tension, I think. Um, but then again, you know, having the, the creative players that West Brom have got, it should see them over the line. But as I've said, they've surrendered large, large um, leads and points, and it's not ideal. And I think that plays into the mindset a bit. Yeah, and West Brom have got to win their last two games and it's worth pointing out Huddersfield have kept clean sheets in four of the last five now so Hmm. you never know Justin you never know Fulham we all know are going to be in the playoffs now and look set to be playing Forest unless something dramatic dramatic happens from here Brentford kept up the pressure 
by beating Preston 1-0. Ollie Watkins scoring the only goal early on after a superb ball from Emiliano Marcondes. Mm. He's someone who has really come to the fore since the restart, hasn't he? No, definitely. I remember going to the the Brentford game with you. It's, it's it seems a while ago, while ago now. Brentford it seems like ages ago, but it was only in February. But he was terrible, wasn't he? He was, he was awful that day, and you know, you know it was a massive shame. There's a couple of fans getting on his back, um, but he's, he has really come good, and he's 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 added a, a little bit extra to this. What you thought was an already complete side. He's he's come in and he's he's really chipped in. Yeah, well, he's always been someone who's had quite a lot of potential, haven't we? And yeah. he's been tipped to really make the step up for quite some time now. And it's only just recently that he's managed to do it. I mean, he's not picked a bad time to do it, I suppose. But um, <laughs> either way, he has come to the fore. And it's going to be exciting to see him progress over the next few games and heading into next season. Uh, it wasn't a comfortable win for Brentford this game. No. They nearly conceded a late equaliser after Josh Harrop had a marvellous chance. But it is three points for Brentford that takes them within a point of West Brom. But they're playing the chasing game, aren't they? And with two mm-hmm. games left and West Brom's run, as we mentioned, not being particularly tough, they're asking for something to be pulled out of the bag, really, aren't they? However, they have got Stoke and Barnsley in their last two games. So you'd imagine they'll be pushing West Brom all the way. Uh, Preston, unfortunately, their playoff push looks set to be over now. They're five points off Cardiff with obviously just two games left. They've got to be looking at some of their recent results and be thinking we should still be in that race, but they've mm. really let themselves down, haven't they? Just two wins in their last 12. Well, they've, not to be harsh, but they've let themselves down since November, really. I think we pointed out that the, the form since November has been relegation form. Um, if it wasn't for a good start, they'd be down there. Um, they missed chances again, you know, five shots on target, and it and it all boils down to having a goal scorer on on board, which yeah. we've we've said relentlessly. It's not like a broken record at this point. Ex- exactly, <laughs> but that's that is what gets you into the playoffs. That is the difference. Sometimes you know they're, they're, they're steady defensively, they create a lot of chances. Wow, what's the what's the missing thing? It's a yeah. good striker. You're not wrong, Justin. Uh, let's stick with the playoff race because Cardiff are still hogging that sixth place after beating Derby 2-1. Uh, Derby made them work for it, but in the end, Cardiff would have been very annoyed had they not got the three points mm. because they had some glorious chances. Uh, and it is a massive result because it takes them two points clear of Millwall in seventh and they've got Middlesbrough next, which means it's Warnock against his old club, Justin. Imagine, imagine if he costs them the top six. It's going to be superb Warnock ball against Harris ball <laughs> love it so um, I presume at this moment in time you're still seeing Cardiff as the hot favourites to secure that sixth place yeah definitely I've said it um, I think every week now since they went into sixth place I'm, I'm fully behind Cardiff I'm fully behind Harris um, they were I thought they were really good against Derby and you say Derby made them work for it but they gifted him two goals so it couldn't have been couldn't have been that much, but um, they they set traps for Derby. They were tactically switched on. Neil Harris has got the opposition worked out um, whenever he you know comes up against them, and I think he's a he's a clever manager and one to look out for in the playoffs. I really do fancy them. Um, really? Yeah, I do. I do. They've got quality all over the pitch, which is something that other teams, well, I say other teams, Forest lack. When when Graven's off form, Forest lack a bit of oomph going forward. Um, Cardiff seemed to have five or six players who can grab goals, and again it showed against against Derby with 
um, with Lee Tomlin, for example, coming up good again. Um, there's quality all over the pitch for them. The only caveat I'd give for that, Justin, is that at the moment it's looking likely they'll end up with playing Brentford. And yeah. whoever has to play Brentford but, in the playoffs, I feel sorry for. But if Brentford pit West Brom, I fancy Cardiff to beat West Brom. Can you imagine the the, the morale being so low at losing mm. um, a promotion spot, an automatic promotion spot point. on the last day? It's, it is it's, a fair point. It's an interesting couple of games coming up. I'm very intrigued. We always are with the championship, Justin. Uh, just quickly on Derby, the main thing I took away from this game was how poor Wayne Rooney was. It was quite easily his worst game in a Derby shirt so far, wasn't it? Oh, by far. Um, it, it seemed weird because it seemed like the players were trying to pass through Rooney at every possible occasion, trying I mean, to get the ball not, through Rooney. That is understandable, really, isn't it? Because he's an England legend. <clears throat> yeah, but it's like the Lee Tomlin goal where he caught Rooney in possession. Matt Clark played the ball to Rooney two yards away no you don't need to do that he's you don't need to pass to him every single time um there are there's quality all over the pitch but um yeah Rooney was poor individual errors have ultimately cost Derby this season of and that's that's something they need to build on because it's an easy thing to iron out yeah, Millwall got a massive 1-0 win over Blackburn, which keeps them bang in contention. Mason Bennett getting the goal. Millwall look to be sliding out of the playoff race, but because their form, that well, that's because their form wasn't great, but now it's three wins in four, which means they're still right in there with a chance and they've got QPR and Huddersfield up next. So you'd have thought they'd have to win both those games to really get into the playoffs with Cardiff being a couple of points ahead. But... They, the way they've been going, you'd bat them to do it, wouldn't you? I, I mean, before football restarted, I fancied Millwall because of their running. The running's been kind to them. They've picked up form. They're knocking on the door. Um, it's almost like the bus has departed, but they're trying to flag it down, hoping there's a traffic light that stops the bus so they can get on <laughs> the next stop. I actually that wrote is, that down. That is the best metaphor you have <laughs> ever said in your life. <laughs> Savor this moment, Justin. Uh, it's creative juices were flowing at that point, um, <laughs> but that is that is literally more that they're, they're hoping now. A bit like Brentford, they're hoping other teams slip up um, so they can take advantage. But they've got to keep winning games to stay in the hunt. Yeah, it's going to be difficult with Cardiff's running, but. As you mentioned, it's definitely positive signs for Millwall, although I, I don't think they've played particularly great, even though the results have said otherwise. Uh, Blackburn, they're now officially out the playoff race. They only have two wins in 11, which, which caught me off guard a bit, but <laughs> it's a surprisingly disappointing end to the season for Tony Mowbray. And they've got Reading at the weekend, and I think I'm already chalking up that game as last on Sunday's episode. <laughs> The final side still in with a decent chance of getting in the playoffs is Swansea, who drew two all with Forest. They were ahead, though, and will probably have hoped that they would be able to hang on to the three points here because a point isn't really good enough for them at this point, is it? No, they, they needed a win. Um, and, I, and I've said this about the Swansea team, which is why I've never really felt they were in contention to finish sixth. They just they don't have that bit extra to see them over the line in games or you know, keeping a consistent run of for- consistent run of form going. But nevertheless it's been a, a good season for, for Steve Cooper and Swansea. You know, they've they've begged begged and borrowed the squad, you know, loan signings, players coming in from the cold and he, and he and he's got them going and they've played some good football at times. You know, with a bit of investment, a bit of, you know, decent recruitment, I think he can really get this side going. It sounds like you're ruling them out the playoff race, Justin. 
I am, yeah, I told you. Yeah, no, I'm all Cardiff. I've said this, I'm all Cardiff. Completely on the Cardiff bus, maybe the Millwall bus. The knocking, I've said, you know. Yeah, I I suppose when you consider the run that those two sides have got, it, it will be difficult for Swansea to really get into it now. And Swansea have got Bristol City coming up, which is, is that a derby? I suppose it is kind of a derby, isn't it? Swansea, Bristol City. Yeah, I know Bristol City are rivals with Cardiff, so I suppose... But Swansea's a bit further away, isn't it? I suppose. I don't think it is. I don't think it's ever been considered a a derby. Well, whatever the case, Bristol City have been kind of rejuvenated recently and will be looking to hopefully upset one of their fellow, well, used to be playoff rivals anyway. Uh, Forrest, two beautiful goals from Sami Amiobi. Which shows what he is capable of, but he's such yeah. a frustrating player, isn't he? Because when he is on form, he is one hell of a player, but it's just a shame that we don't see it very often, and quite often he's usually quite wasteful, isn't he? Yeah, no, but he has been a key player for Forest this season. He's played more games than I thought he would, and obviously he's got a new contract. You know, he, he's, he's unpredictable, he's got a lovely shot on him, and his dribbling bit is up there. His, his, his anatomy confuses me for a man of his size. Um, yeah, of his he's, yeah, he shouldn't have the feet. And the grace of a ballroom dancer, but he does. Um, you're almost thinking, where's it? Where's it all gone wrong for Shoulder Ambiobi? Because if Sammy Obi <laughs> can do that, what's Shoulder's Shoulder's excuse? But nevertheless, he he kept Forrest in the game yesterday, and he, you know, Lolly's. I think he's out with shin splints, or he's shrugging with shin splints. So Ambiobi's got to step up. I, I want to apologise to Sammy uh, Shoulder Ambiobi for. You probably just wanted to listen to this podcast today and <laughs> catch up on the championship and he's just getting random abuse. Horrible. Uh, but Nottingham Forest haven't won a game now for haven't won in the last four, so not ideal going into the playoffs. Not the final game just, Exactly. Uh, the final game that hasn't been mentioned is Leeds versus Barnsley. That's because we're recording this before that game because the buggers at Sky keep scheduling games on Thursdays oh, curse just leads games just leads games as well <laughs> it, it also always leads games I feel sorry for any Leeds fans that listen and expect to hear their team uh, but if Leeds win they'll need just a point from their final two games to secure promotion Justin just a point it would be poetic to do it at Derby wouldn't it it's it would sum everything up, wouldn't it? And I, I imagine quite a few Leeds fans will be quite annoyed that they can't be there oh to- god yeah really just ram it down Derby's fans' throats. But yeah. uh, once again, we don't know the score. Uh, by the time you dis- listen to this, you'll probably know it. Uh, what's your score prediction, Justin? We came close last week, didn't we? We predicted 6-6. Yeah. What was the final score again? 5-0. 5-0, yeah. So we got one half of it, right? So if we go 4-3, I'll go 4-3 leads. 4-3 leads. I'm going to go 8-0 leads. Luciano Becchio scoring four. Billy Painter getting two. Right, this has been the Second Tier Podcast. So this has been our midweek episode and we'll be back again on Sunday when we're closing in on the end of the season, ladies and gentlemen. We're nearly there and it is all heating up. So make sure you listen on Sunday to find out where everyone is at. I've been Ryan Dilks. I've been Justin Peach. Thank you for listening. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl. 
Let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.